Fish Pier Perspectives is a podcast from Vessel Services on the Fish Pier in Portland, Maine. Hosts Alan Tracy and Mike Foster discuss issues related to commercial fishing and the working waterfront in Portland and regionally. We welcome feedback and suggestions and invite listeners to visit our website or our store. 5% of all online sales go directly to support fishing organizations. Okay, so here we are again. Alan Tracy and Mike Foster at Vessel Services. I'm Alan. I'm Mike. <laughs> and here we are doing our podcast. Um, today we thought we would uh, spend some time talking about the different fisheries that make up commercial fishing in Portland, you know, in, in, in our area, you know. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of geographic area, Maine, down east, there are some different things. But generally in Portland and in this area, um, the har- different um, harvesters, the different fisheries and, um, and what they do and, and kind of maybe some general ideas about where they are. Um, and maybe to start, Mike, we should talk just real quickly the difference between commercial fishing and recreational fishing. Obviously, most people understand the difference, but where where would you launch in to do that? And, and, yeah, yeah, I, I think there's you know it, there is a gray line in between the two. You know, the commercial fisherman is clearly the guys that are making their living; it's the primary source of income. They are the guys that are out there; they're getting up every day, knowing that that's what they're doing. They're 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 heading out. They're they're ground. They're fishing. They're lobstering. They're, that's their uh, you know their main source of income. That's that's what they're doing, and that's the key. There's the inc- I mean, they're selling what yeah, they're what yeah, they're harvesting, yeah, catching, yep. producing. Yep, they're selling it. Yep. that's a real bright line. There's real. The yep, absolutely. And and then there's the there's the the recreational guys that can target some of the same uh, species of either ground fish or uh, you know, commercially sought after fish or for that matter lobsters but they're doing it more on a recreational side. So a much smaller scale, maybe doing something for personal consumption, um, you know, something more of a hobby, something that they enjoy doing. And then there is that gray line in between where there are some people that target a fish, bluefin tuna is, is, a, a, good example. is a good example, yep, yep, yep. where that's a fish where even if it is a quote unquote hobby, uh, something that you, you're doing on the weekend. They're looking to sell it. They, they still have the opportunity to sell that fish for, for profit and for income and it can help offset the fuel costs or the expenses of, of operating a boat or whatnot. That's right. So, that's a good. You know, that's so a good there, point. there's definitely an area in between, but there's there's definitely a that that recreational and commercial side of things on the water. And and it's not um, only the intent um, or whether you're selling it or not. It's also the whole regulatory scheme around both of these fisheries, definitely. both of them. Yeah. I mean, as a broad, if we're talking about fisheries in general, I mean, really, commercial and recreational is the first kind of dividing line. Is yep. are you doing it to sell stuff? Or are you doing it? for your hobby or for your own consumption or, or, or what have you. And obviously on the commercial side, um, each fishery has its own set of licensing, catch limits, regulatory oversight, uh, management, etc. And similarly on the recreational side, the licensing, the catch limits, the regulatory oversight, yeah. uh, the enforcement, Mm-hmm. All these things come in on both sides, yeah. and there's different rules being being uh, enforced um, uh, depending on on where you are. And it's very clear, you know. In some cases, it's very clear 
whether you're a commercial. Mike's right. I mean, the, the, the Bluefin Tune-Up this way is, is a good example where you get a lot of guys who, by all accounts, are recreational fishermen. But they comply with with the with the license requirements yeah. of the commercial side, which includes things like you have to have a life raft. You have to have a life raft, an E-perb. Uh, E-perb, You, you have yeah. to have certain inspections done on the boat. You still have to carry permits and licenses that that are you know are, are barely uh, you pay for those yeah you pay for those and uh, and you have to stay on top of regulations which is another important thing it's not you're just out there doing it on your own and and it's it's kind of a free-for-all because in the uh, management of some of these fisheries and some of these species they factor in the commercial and the recreational side of the catch to uh, help manage the overall uh, you know, the amount of fish or, or, or oh, species totally. is yeah. harvested. It's a whole, so it's a it all zone, That's in. a zone about how quotas are set and catch limits are set. Yeah. And again, that's, 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 we're going to mark that as a future <laughs> discussion yeah. because that in itself is complicated and um, complex and uh, runs very, very deep. Um, but I mean, for now, let's just leave it at those categories. And so what we're talking about is, for the most part, is commercial fishing. And, 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 and where these fisheries, as, as most folks will come, the different fisheries that exist here in Portland. And obviously, you go to different places, you go to different parts of the country, you go to different parts of the East Coast, and everyone has a different fishery. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a blue crab fishery down in Chesapeake Bay, most people understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, redfish in Portland, I mean, in uh, Florida, and in, in grouper, and all, grouper, all yeah. the different things on the West Coast and East Coast. Okay. So we're talking about Maine, and we're talking about Portland. So... Let's start, and I'm going to kind of challenge you, Mike, to just lay out at the top of your head all of the commercially harvested and fish, wow. uh, and, and, and yeah. uh, you know, fish and, and, and marine, all the marine yeah. commercially uh, sought after species that we deal with here in Portland, that are dealt with here in Portland. Yeah, so, you know, obviously there's the big ones, there's the ground fish. And you know the ground fish in general is is a is a big, plays a big part on the Portland waterfront, um, you know, and that includes your 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 cod, your haddock, your flatfish, um, you know, and and even at times of the year, you know, some of those fisheries, the ground fish, the trawl fish, uh, can change. There's you know there's guys out there fishing certain times of year for flounder, certain times of year the haddock fishing is better, and um, the hake. And whatnot, and it really depends on the some water temperature, some oh, totally. you know, all of that. All right, let's but let's put this. Let, yeah. We're going to go into ground fish because there's a lot to talk yeah. about with ground fish, and maybe we'll get to it here. Maybe, but let's just tick off. Okay, to start. I mean, so just got, to kind of run right, through. So we got ground fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, lobstering is yeah. a huge industry Obviously, here as well yeah. on the Portland waterfront. Um, one that has kind of gone away that we can talk about as well is shrimp. That shrimp. was a, that was another fishery that we haven't had a season. For Used that, to have a huge shrimp. role. We'll yep. talk about that a little yep. bit. We'll get into a little more because that's one that's that's missing right now. That's one that's missing right now, and that creates a gap for these guys. There is a uh, a small scallop fishery, mm-hmm. growing growing scallop, growing fishing. growing scallop fishery, and, and along with that, I would say there's a shellfish industry. There's also you know there is an oyster harvesting. There is. Uh, clams, guys oh, commercially dig and, and, and harvest clams and absolutely fish for dredge for clams as well. Uh, let's see, we've got the seafood, the I'm sorry, the, the seaweed yep. uh, harvesters as well. These guys harvesting kelp and seaweed for different purposes and and uh, whatnot. Uh, let's see, what else is there? 
I, and, and that was that's pretty good. But I, I had the advantage of writing down my list ah, before, so, so I just okay. want I just want to disclose. Right. And obviously, you, you, yeah, I mean, you're and you're gonna you're gonna keep going as yeah. I talk yeah. because that's just the nature of it. There really are obviously herring. Herring. Herring is a is, sure. a, is okay, you know sure. if we're talking herring. about the biggies, we're, yep. you know herring fits yep. into uh, along to, with that we'll throw, the, we'll throw the pogies, pogies, the yep. menhaden, yeah, which which are also you know fit in the same category of bait. And some of these, we, we, I think we should go back and talk a little more yeah. in depth in some of these major ones. But just to get an idea, there's eels, right? Mm-hmm. Slime eels, right. what we call slime eels, and also the elvers, the baby eels, which yep. baby eels are harvested. Uh, as they migrate up these streams, every, so it's in the news in, quite a bit about how much right how much you get per pound. The elder season, as uh, we speak. Those are those are caught, kept alive, shipped to Asia, then raised. But there's also a very a fairly significant fishery offshore in what everyone refers to as the slime eel, which is yeah. are the grown eels, yeah. which is also an Asian market as we understand it. Um, but a fishery, but a real, we have yeah. boats here in Portland still that are slime eel boats, that, that's what they do. that are slime eel boats. There's urchins, yeah. um, which again, used to be much more, you hear a lot of people talk about how they used to die for the urchins and fishery, there's still yeah. businesses here on, um, off commercial street that that's their business is, is still with urchins, mm-hmm. um, whether they get them around here or down East or, or what have you. Um, you mentioned the clams, but also the Doug clam, you know, the steamers, the soft shell clams, yeah, huge yeah. business. Yeah. Um, we see, and again, one of the things that we're talking about here, you know, here, here we are, Vessel Services. Why are we talking about, well, these are all, we see all of, one of the things that's unique about Vessel Services, I think we've said, and we'll probably say more, is, is that at some point, most of the folks working in all of these different fisheries end up here, whether it's for a pair of gloves, mm-hmm. whether it's for ice, whether it's for a pair of boots, or whether it's because something brings them to Portland anyways. Yeah. And uh, it's, that's what's one of the things that's incredible about being here is all the conversations you have folks about you say, what are you doing? And they'll tell you what they're doing. They're digging yeah. clams in Freeport yeah, or not, they're yeah, it's not who just knows guys where. coming yeah. on boats that need ice and fuel. It's guys coming here for, for other items that you know, their fishery doesn't necessarily need that. And similarly, worms. You know, the you know that's a that's a fishery. I mean, yep. you could say that's certainly a marine fishery. I'm going to take off some of the more. more, more those are we, I think we got most of the main. But but then we kind of segregate. You know, we have certainly there's a dogfish mm-hmm. fishery, monkfish. There's mackerel. Um, you said the pogies. Um, <clears throat> you know, on the more on the recreational side, it's you know your striped bass and your bluefish. You know, more on the recreational and the charter boat mm-hmm. side of things. But smelts. Um, we have there are there is a growing crab. I've been hearing much more about crabs, and, and yeah. which goes along with lobster fishing in yep. a lot of ways. But they're ca- they're clearly catching more and more crabs, and there is a fishery around it, and there's certainly a market that's yeah. developing. Yeah, and I think as well. with the crabs, it's important to talk about that, that. That's a trap fishery here that was an incidental catch that now these guys have created a market for, and they're now adding value to their existing their existing catch. Totally, totally, totally. You know, I said monkfish. There's halibut. There's you know devoted season. Those are kind of ground fish, but yeah. they're 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 managed differently. Yeah. You know the halibut, which is its own targeted species to yeah. be sure. Um, certainly monkfish. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of monkfish. Monk. I'm monkey going on. Did you have swordfish on your list? I didn't have swordfish. So swordfish, that's yeah, one that's I don't, kind I haven't of seen that gone the way of that used to be. That was a that was a big okay. uh, another big fishery, uh, another um, a fishery that guys would do seasonally or, or whatnot. But that was a good one. That was a good filler. Yeah, and 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 to go back to the major role because I would definitely classify this as a f- fairly major, significant fishery in Portland is the bluefin tuna. Yes, that would absolutely go absolutely. right there with groundfish, 
yep. lobster, herring, that scallops, tuna fish. There's yeah, a lot of activity, activity around bluefish, yeah. bluefin tuna, um, yeah. and you know I think I think we'll talk a bit about that. Um, and so I mean you know those are the main. I'm sure we're missing something, but sure. but but those are the things you see. Yeah. You see people targeting them. You see people tar- talking about them. We see the boats. We know which boats fish in which areas. Um, and there's some things that are coming, you know, there's a lot of discussion about climate change and what's the reason for the shrimp, for instance, mm-hmm. are gone, mm-hmm. but they're catching a lot of shrimp in Canada. There's clearly a bumper. That's where our shrimp mm-hmm. are coming from. That's clearly where they've gone. But and similarly, you are seeing people talking about squid, yeah. which historically people would always say we're never really north of Cape Cod and they're clearly here. No, and yep, and there's, I don't, there's not a real the black bass. In the, the, the yeah, black the black bass, bass is, is another one. Way as well. A lot of them so, are showing up, yeah. um, which are going to hopefully create some opportunities for things that are um, that are that are in in going away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also add another fish. Not it's not a commercial fish, but as we talk a lot about, there is the what we call the I'm skip fish, yes. which I think merits yes. referencing for the folks who happen to be. If there's anybody listening, you're not that we want to crank too much about it, but I think there's not a lot. You know, there's a little bit of we call it kind of the dirty secret sometimes. But uh, you know, when the I'm skip boats come in from. Um, Iceland, which bring are the container ships that call, come that call on Portland. A lot of what's in those containers is fish, mm-hmm. is frozen frozen fish, particularly haddock, you know, ground fish, which is then offloaded here, you know, brought all to all parts um, of of different parts of certainly the New England, but a lot of our processors here in Portland are cutting that fish. They're not so so. And in, in, in one of the things that we like to talk about because we're so loyal to our to our local guys and in the fish that's landed here in Portland and that's harvested here uh, right outside uh, in the Gulf of Maine and uh, George's Bank um, by our own local fishermen is that most, much if not most of the particularly haddock that you see in your restaurant. I'm not going to name, I'm not going to name markets, I'm not going to name supermarkets, but and I'm not going to name restaurants, but most of that haddock in your haddock sandwich is not Maine haddock. It's, it's, it's from those ships. And, um, you know, that's maybe that's its own topic unto yeah. itself at some point. Yeah. But uh, the, and then aquaculture because yeah. that's that's growing. Yep. And let's talk about let's just quickly kind of tell say what we're seeing. You know, again here on the pier and in different activity mm-hmm. um, on the aquaculture side because yeah. there's no question that that is growing and it's yes, being it's encouraged. It's being sure, encouraged yeah. to grow. That's right. Yeah. Um, What's the main one there? So, so you know, the main one there is the uh, is the oysters. To be sure, is is certainly the the new upcoming aquaculture industry. The oysters. A lot of people it, getting into that. A lot of people getting into it. There's a lot of um, opportunity there. There's a lot of uh, you know technology that's trying to be introduced into that that process to change you know how they're grown. Um, you know that aquaculture in general is just a, is a strong market. That's right. Um, you know, we're seeing uh, the oysters. And a lot of experimental, uh, you know, processes are happening with that. Yeah, and then and another thing, you know, and and, and but that's a, a honest to goodness commercial, market driven. Yep. You know, you grow, they know how much they get per oyster, they know where their markets are, they know who's buying. You know, yep. coronavirus, COVID really messed them up. Yeah. Like like a lot of things, but and then, but there's mussels. There's obviously a very uh, developed and, and growing uh, mussel aquaculture. Um, 
community mm-hmm. that's uh, that's happening here, uh, based in Portland. Uh, scallops, you're hearing more and more about scallops being grown on the aquaculture yep. side of things, um, and then obviously seaweed, you know, yep. kelp, you know, both for food and products and harvested wild, but also grown on aquaculture leases, and um, in some instances, the the latest thing that's that that's happening here. I just had a conversation today with our neighbors, is on the carbon sequestration. Mm-hmm. Um, there's clearly um, opportunity there. There's clearly a market developing around that for simply kelp to be grown. It must have, you know, again, this, we're going to have, we're going to talk, I, I hope we're going to talk to people who are doing this, but. Um, yeah, and, and just to clarify for people who don't know, you know, the aquaculture, when we refer to that, that is definitely very specifically intentionally seeded kind of, uh, you know, uh, fisheries where, Someone's intentionally taking seed, scallop seeds, oyster seeds, literally, and growing them in different methods uh, in, in, on rafts, below rafts, in, in netting, on ropes, etc., etc. Um, they're literally planting the seed and having these grow, these uh, you know shellfish in particular grow with, with the seaweed, and then with a timeline of knowing when they're going to harvest that. It's very much farming at sea it's, it's quite literally right. the definition of farming at sea and they're done on leases lease yep. lease spots in the on the ocean inshore some of them further offshore but um that is their designated lease spot uh, given by the state through a through a regulatory process that um gives them a certain period of time and years and um that's their pl- that's their spot and mm-hmm. uh that is growing and i know you know when somebody's co- it's creating some a little bit of pushback i know certainly from coastal landowners depending how close they get and you know even commercial fishermen which are seeing some of their bottom yeah. Yeah. being taken up which is which is an issue unto itself where 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 commercial fishing traditional harvesting commercial fishing is starting to bump up against um aquaculture certainly yes. wind power yeah um and then let you know in a different way uh, the right whale issue endangered species and how they're having to react to or, or you know manage how they use the resource mm-hmm. um based on these things that are that are growing and have different needs and it's interesting and that's all part of the regulatory process yeah that's right that's part of the new england fisheries management council process which again we'll talk about how that works at some point um unto itself mm-hmm. all right but let's let's um Let's go back to some of these, some of what we consider to be the the more significant, the major fisheries Mm -hmm. here in Portland. Like, you know, you were starting to get into ground fit, you know, talk about how people do that, the different ways that they do that. Obviously, we started talking about the trawling method, which is bottom trawling, which is, you know, a traditional, you see, is is the the vessel... towing behind it a uh, a net that yep. gets spread out you want to talk why don't you talk a little bit about how it, how that's done i mean that's kind of an interesting thing under itself yeah it, it definitely and, and there's a lot of uh, make no mistake there's a lot of uh, knowledge and a lot of uh, really engineering and thought that goes into these nets it's, it's not a matter of hooking up attaching a net to the back of the boat with a couple cables groundfish cables and just towing them through the water and hoping that you pull back up. Although that's done too. My understanding that's what the pair trawl is that, that, <laughs> for that some is, of the herring yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they is, have the two massive boats that, tie, boats that literally haul a net in between yeah. them. Yeah, like yeah. a big drag net. These, you'll find that these guys, uh, you know, they're very specific about their nets. They know it works and they know that by changing the length of a rope or changing the angle 
of of how they, the 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 doors are hooked up to the boat back of the boat can really affect how the net itself tows and how well it fishes. Right, and the doors and the doors. So so that's an important. That's kind of a basic about how the net gets spread. I mean, may, I I don't know if we're going to be able to describe it, but maybe yeah, if we try and keep it. But the doors are are an important part of that. Yeah, because obviously if you tow a net behind a, the back of a trawler, you you'd be towing it straight behind you. You the net wouldn't open up. It wouldn't sink to the bottom. There's a lot of right. things there that need to happen. The doors are very heavy, quite literally, if you can picture a door that you have in your house. Um, it's is very heavy version of that with one side that has a lot more weight on it than the other. And that causes it to drop down, one, and sink your net down closer to the depth that you want to be at at the bottom, if that's the case, dragging along. And they're also angled out in such a way that they spread the mouth of the net open. Yeah. And again, that's where it comes into the engineering of the length of the rope, the length of the the, the cables attached to it and the geometry that they use to hook up to those doors will affect how wide open that net is, uh, the depth that it fishes, etc. And it, um, so again, that, that's, it, it gets the door, the net down to the bottom, it spreads it open so that you have a wider open mouth to the net that allows you more opportunity to catch more right. fish. I mean, that's basically trawling. And then there's different kinds of bottom that yep. they're falling, you know, there's rock bottom and yep. then there's, you know, more sandy, gravelly bottom and, they use different types of net to ride that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's rock hoppers and, yeah. and all that and then stuff. And floats attached to the and top of the net to, to, get, to draze it, it up. To, to, to spread again, to spread it. Up. To spread it. Up. Yeah. But it's all being dragged behind a single boat. Yes. And you know they do they do uh, toes as yeah. they call them. You yeah. know they, that's that's a ground fish trip. Is depending yeah. on the size yeah. of the boat. Some boats are day boats. They'll just go out and do a few toes, come back in. The trip boats, as we call them, are the larger boats. Um, are going to be out for five, six, seven days or yeah. even more. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's kind of, you know, a, a small trip boat here in Portland, you know, we're going to, we're talking about a 40 to 55 foot mm -hmm. boat. It's not, a, you know, it's not just a single day. Sometimes they'll stay overnight or maybe two nights. Two nights. It very much depends on the weather yeah. and the time of the year. Um, and they're going to be harvesting between five and 10,000. You know, again, we're just using general, these are basic yeah. trips because we see, the trips of what's hailed over at the fish auction that's basically what they're you know on a good trip you know maybe 20,000 pounds but yeah of of ground fish yep. um and the larger trip boats are going to be out for more days than that many more days than that and they're going to be north of the 50,000 to 100,000 you know yeah. in some cases 150,000 and i think that's an interest you know that's the other thing with ground fish is there are also targeted species. I think that's an important thing mm -hmm. too. Like, like again, depending on the time of year, depending on um, quotas, depending on what they what, what's available, they um, will target. Like, certainly, we have here in Portland. We have had. I mean, recently, I'm not sure there's many around anymore. But until very recently, we had redfish boats. That's correct. Yeah, redfish was you know when you would see pictures, the Teresa Marie Three was a redfish boat, um, and they would target redfish, uh, which is in the ground fish multi-species mm -hmm. category. Redfish is one of those, but that's what they would target. And there's again rules surrounding surrounding that and how many, how much bycatch and, and da 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 what, that you can have when you're doing a redfish when you declare for a redfish trip, as I understand it. Um, and we would see those boats would come in loaded, just overflowing with redfish, redfish hundred fifty thousand yeah. pounds. Yep. Yep. You know. Yep. And unfortunately, those those fish at this point. I mean, I think we should just quickly 
communicate <laughs> that m even though there are boats here out of Portland that are targeting the ground fish and catching ground fish and actively engaged in that fishery, um, fewer and fewer of them are bringing that fish to Portland and, and landing it here at our, at our Portland Fish Exchange. There's a lot of reasons for that. Um, they, they tend to bring those fish to uh, Gloucester or Boston or, or, or other, other places, but mostly in Massachusetts. You know, the primary reason that people will talk about for that is because we have a lobster rule. You know, obviously, based on how we understand, you know, how, how we've talked about how, these, how the trawl works, it's not just fish that comes up in them. It's a lot of stuff, including lobsters. And, and these guys will often catch a significant number of lobsters as, they're, as they are uh, trawling. Maine has a rule that no drag caught or trawl caught lobsters may be landed in the state of Maine. And the federal rules surrounding ground fish and these trips of this type are that these drag dragger boats can land up to 500 pieces, up to 500 individual lobsters per trip. Okay, per you know, so if it's, I think it's a hundred a day actually, up to five days. And mm -hmm. so, so the larger boats who are out, they can land up to five hundred lobsters per day. And of course, they bring those in, especially to certain times of the year when lobster is very high in value, and that translates to a lot of money because each it's not just a one pound lobster. Yeah. You know, a lot of these are large lobsters. They're off Georgia's bank, and you know, they're just in a totally different category. Yeah, and that's a lot of money. And they cannot land those lobsters here in Maine. You know, again, that's a whole other story. We can yeah. talk about that maybe I, if, if we get to it. Yeah, and I think it's important to talk about that there is a difference between state waters and federal waters. And these are boats that, you know, may be boats leaving from a port in Maine and landing in Massachusetts. But these are lobsters that are, are trawl-caught or dragger-caught lobsters in federal waters, which is why they're allowed to keep them and then once again land them in federal waters uh, uh, in, in another port as opposed to the state of Maine where it's a state that's right. regulation, state law that says and that's, they and, cannot land them in And the that's state. a good thing to designate as well. State waters three miles out. Three miles from Federal's the wa Federal waters from three miles to 200 miles. Yeah. That's the federal, the exclusive economic zone. That's a federal managed, and there's a lot of crossover about how they you know, delegate quotas and things like that. But state waters are three miles and in. Mm -hmm. Those are those are. Exclusively state regulated for the most part, and then you have your federal, which is from that three mile all the way out to the two hundred. Um, okay, that's groundfish, and, and again, groundfish. You get your redfish. You know, some people will target uh, flatfish or dabs. You know, you know a lot of people about that. On and on and on is, and we can go on. But let's let's just move on for sake of time. Lobster. Let's just talk about lobster. lobster. I think lobster would be the, obviously yeah. the second. The, the, obviously. The other yeah. large. It, arguably the, the largest Ar in terms of number largest. of participants. Yeah. There's no question yeah. that lobster is, is, is the most represented fishery, obviously, in the state. I mean, we're, mm -hmm. we're stating the obvious here. No question in Portland as well. So, you know, the lobstering, is, and it's a different fishery than the ground fishing based on the fact that for the majority... Uh, of the lobstermen, it's a day fishery. They're they're out early. They're fishing for the day. They're fishing. They're hauling traps that they have set, and they've had a uh, one or two or three or longer day set on the traps. They're going back out. They're hauling them, and they're bringing back in the catch 
that night. There are exceptions to that. Certain times of the year, the boats are going further out, um, you know, quote unquote, offshore lobsters. And they may go for an overnight, you know, a 48 hour, up to like a 48 hour trip. But for the most part, it's a day fishery, meaning they're, they're coming in and landing, they're catching the same day that they've left. You know, and that's, that's, a, good, that's a good place to, 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 to delve a little further because, you know, a lot of people see a lobster boat and lobster traps and like, well, that's... There are, there are, there are delineations within it. You know, you hear, for, I mean, starting with, as you just said, you hear a lot of guys talk about, well, he, I fish on the inside. They fish on the outside. You know, they'll talk about that. Some yeah. of that's state water, federal waters, but it's really offshore, inshore, you know, very close. It's seasonal. Mm-hmm. You have, we have our guys who fish all year round. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are offshore, you know, uh, you know, and then there's federal permits, state permits. And, and there's different zones and there's there's it's a very com, you know there's it's not very complicated but there are there are distinctions mm-hmm. within fishing for lobster but one thing is certainly consistent and, and, and worth explaining the difference between for instance the lobster fishery and the ground fish fishery the lobster is on the state side of things it's it's one person one license one boat and that has created it's 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 really something when you look at all the different fisheries and you look at commercial fishing as a as a general broad category lobster is very different that way on the ground fish you have many times single owners corporate owners mm-hmm. who accumulate not just boats but quota there's a lot of consolidation that's happening in that fishery and m- the majority of the time on the bigger boats the trip boats as we would call them the owner is not on the boat yeah it's a hired captain it's yeah. a hired crew yeah and a lot of so a lot of times that's referred to they refer to that as an owner operator yeah and you know some of your smaller ground fish boats as you said that that is the case where the owner is the operator of the boat but unique more unique to the lobster industry is certainly that is an owner operated Fishery. The owner is on the boat. Oftentimes, has a stern man. Has to be a helper on 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 the stern boat. But it has to be. That's the way that it's been run, and and that's the guy who's making his living. Yeah, and it and it creates and it creates a number of probably unintended consequences. For instance, it is not uncommon, or or it's it's certainly not unheard of that you will have an elderly and because of the way the competition is for the license because it's been so lucrative in the past certainly 10 even more years mm. you will have an elderly lobsterman who happens to be the, lob, the license owner even in his 80s and his 60s year old son is his stern man right. because he cannot That's get right. a license right. because he's been kept out yeah. and and so the licensing of lobsters is a whole you know again category um but that's what that creates. They, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of good that comes from you know, clearly, especially in the last ten years. Yeah, fifteen yeah. years. And, and lobster think, has been booming in Maine. I think everyone knows that. Yeah, and I think that's important to point out. Just to elaborate on that, you cannot just go buy a lobster no. license or permit because you decide today that you want to be a lobsterman. Um, so it's not one of those opportunities where you can just go buy, spend the money to enter into that industry. It is something that takes time takes uh, a, a lot of um, apprenticeship is what they often refer to it as to right. get your time your your hours in um, you know it's quite a process to, to even if it's available to you if it's available and it's changed and it again changed. we're not you know we, we don't just to make sure we say you know we're not the expert experts on no. this but this is general understanding you know there are many other you know there's plenty of people who know a great deal more than we are because we are not lobster we're not commercial fishermen either of us i guess we should say that um because we're certainly 
you know, pontificating. But we know a lot because we're here. That, that's that's the point of 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 this this place that we we come to every day is that these are the conversations and the understandings that we have. And it's changed the lobster licensing. It you, many 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 of our fishermen here who are participate in all kinds of different fisheries: ground fish, herring, scallop. They all have lobster licenses because 30 years ago, it was much easier to get a, a lobster mm-hmm. license. And there's also an a, a, a apprentice young person program, which is how a lot of people today yes. will get licensed yeah. is yeah. by having a certain number of hours and a sponsor before you turn 18 that's and right. all that yeah. stuff. And that, that's still a very, very popular route yep. to, 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 to a license. If you don't do it that way today, you have to get on a list. Depending on your zone, there's a huge list, and, and, and there's, li- there's, there's certain zones that it's, it's not possible. Yeah. It's not realistic that yeah. it's going to happen. I know the state is looking at that, you know, there's, yeah. you know, whether you can transfer them. But, they, but they, I, I think it's, you know, both sides of it is really important when you understand. It's like, well, geez, you, you could say, well, God, you got an 85-year-old guy. He can't give his son his, li- his license. He's been fishing with him all I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and of course, you know, objectively, that's ridiculous. But it, I have to say, just as an observer, it, it's also created a really unique fishery where mm-hmm. it's owner-operator, and I, I can't, you know, they, it would take a long time to talk about all the upsides of that. Yes. In management. Yeah. And also, frankly, investment in not just the time, but the pride. And obviously, that's what's created the culture. I think that's, yeah. that, that's why, you know, when people think of the iconic Maine lobster fishery, and the people, you know, it's like it, it didn't happen just because. It's, some of it has to do with how it's structured. That's right. It's really, yeah, it's really right. an interesting thing. So, anyway, without going too far into, anyways, we're gonna run out of time. We got so much to, do, but let's talk about herring just yeah. real quick. Herring is um, our largest boats, certainly here in Portland. Our herring boats, yep. our, our our bait boat. You know, in, in our case, it's bait. It's you know, herring yeah. is about bait up here. Yeah, herring is yeah. not always about bait, as I understand. It hasn't it. always been about it. No, nope. it's not always about it. it. Clearly, you know, the herring is is a is a consumable product. Uh, right. You know, your can supplements, of sardines, supplements, uh, supplements, stuff. Your can of sardines, you dog food, as I understand. Yeah, there's there's a lot, and, and at t- and at, at a different time, there were those canneries, those those fisheries here in Maine that were for the consumables, uh, the human consumption, as well as the processing, but. Today we talk about it's it. all about it bait. Is, it's all about bait. Yeah, it's all about certainly bait. here. And and these are big boats that target. And and that's the other thing. You know, we talked about ground fish and the bottom trawling. We trapped a fish, um, uh, her- lobster, which is a trap fishery. Um, the herring is a, a midwater. Um, you know, when we talk about the water column, as some people will talk about, you know, you have your bottom, you have your, your midwater, you have your top of the water, and then different ways that obviously harvesters um, target species. And, and you have fixed gear and you have mobile gear. You know, the trawl is a mobile gear, the fixed gear is a trap. It could also be a, uh, we didn't talk about gill netting, but that, that's another way that people yeah. clearly catch groundfish. Um, and also with hook and line and mm-hmm. tub trawls and things like that, you know. Um, but the herring is tends to be a schooling fish, seasonal, um, and they target them a couple different ways. One being the um, the saners, mm-hmm. which will when we see them, we have we, we everybody knows exactly the herring boats here in Portland, Ruth and Pat, and uh, you know the Osprey when it's here, and the Providian. It's been a long time uh, here in the harbor. Some of the green boats from down east yeah. uh the different ones that come the enterprise mm-hmm. will come from mid mid-atlantic area in yeah. the summertime these are large these are even larger than the largest um, usually the largest ground fishing boats 
And on the seining side, they use a, a like a um, a small boat that goes out, takes the net, and circles the school, and then they per- it's a purse seine, and then they, they, they purse it, and they all comes in, and then they they literally pump the herring into the yep. hold, yep. and then they, when they come back here, they pump it into trucks, yep. literally out off board and into onto trucks. And here on our fish pier, there is a herring pumping station, which you'll often see some of these boats um, do their pumping, and that goes you. Typically, the majority of that is um, taken and salted into barrels for lobster bait. Herring is the number one preferred lobster bait here in Maine. No question about it. No question. After herring, we have, similar to herring is is what's commonly known to here, pogies, which show up seemingly episodically. They've been here for the last couple years, but it's also, it's a menhaden. And... um, schooling fish which is caught similarly there's little different rules you know certainly the big boats target those too yeah. so there's a lot of discussion about how whether that's going to be uh, further regulated you know, because um, a lot of individual lobstermen will go out and catch their own pokies because yeah. these yeah. are the fish you know anyone who spends time in the water when you see in the summertime you see the fish popping on the surface those are usually pogies those are men and mm-hmm. they're all over the place and those are very good lobster bait as well um and then you know you get further down and you go into mackerel and you know there's other there's other things as well. But herring is a is a very significant fishery here, man. I mean, there's no question. Yeah. It's certainly in Portland, no question. Downies and mid coast and and on and on and on. Um, it's a big deal. And I guess just trying to knowing that we're, we can't go on forever here. Um, scallops are growing. It's been a, something that's I think everyone's kind of excited about, both on the state and federal side of things. I mean, scallop is enormously valuable. It's, it's, you know, scallops in the United States, as I understand them, are the single most valuable um, marine species of the entire United States, you know, from its epicenter in New Bedford. Yeah. um, More valuable than any other individual species, including lobster by far. Um, And it's growing. And it's been, you know, the scallop fishery on the East Coast is... um, starting in the mid-Atlantic states, down in the Carolinas, Virginia, which is, has, has a huge fishery, huge areas, and then certainly off of Massachusetts, Nant- Nantucket, and Georgia's Bank area. But growing here in the Gulf of Maine has been gone for a long time. You know, it's a really interesting thing to follow the, the regulatory discussion on this at the uh, New England Fisheries Management Council in the discussion about how there's a lot of guys who used to be much more active scallop fishers, fisher, uh, fishermen, and um, then it just fell off the, it just it just wasn't there anymore, which is why a lot of the history now is, is, is down south, mm-hmm. um, and that creates all kinds of regulatory um, challenges. Um, but it's growing. It seems like the biomass is coming this way. Again, that may be one of these examples where as different things, you know, migrate north, other things are margarine into our and and that would be a very welcome i think uh development because yeah, scallops are very valuable fishery yeah. um and it's an interesting that's yeah. that's done by dredge right when I mean, we see that yeah. we, a lot of our a lot of our lobstermen will have will have either yep. state or federal scallop licenses and they will do that off out of their small regular relatively small lobster boat um i think all these have some version of a diving fishery as well you know people yeah. who dive but yeah. you know you know that's maybe that was more prevalent back in yeah. whenever um so that's this certainly you would put that up there in one of the big and, and hopefully and probably growing um yeah. areas um 
And then shrimp. Shrimp used to be enormous here, and, yeah. and shrimp is now, there's been no fishery for years. Years. I mean, yeah. at least five years. Yeah, I think we're... I mean, yeah. it's been, it was shrunk, and then it was completely gone. Yeah. I mean, even in my time, I remember when I first here, during shrimp season, I would look out my window in December, and we'd be getting ready to, you know, wrap it up for the day, and the line of boats would start coming up the it, harbor. It would be a little And I mean a parade, a parade of, boats. of boats coming yeah. up with shrimp, going to the exchange, offloading the, offloading the shrimp, and it was a huge, huge. fishery yeah. in that time. Yeah. Um, supplementing all kinds of uh, different, different guys in different areas, um, and it is gone. And it's uh, too bad, you know, for whatever, you know, yeah. again, we, you know, we ha- happen to see a lot of the guys who are doing the sampling for the state who run the, the, the research trawl. <laughs> they say they catch plenty of trip. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, who knows? Yeah. But whatever the, re- it, the, the fishery is, is, is not like reduced. It's completely closed. And uh, it's too bad because that's been, it was such an iconic. And interestingly, of all of the quota for shrimp across the New England states of northern shrimp, Maine had by far, I think Maine has something like 90% of the quota. Yeah. I mean, it was a really unique Maine yeah. fishery. Yeah. And I think it's important to talk about, you know, when we talk about all these different fisheries here to kind of bring it all together, a lot of these boats had the opportunity to target these different fisheries at different times of the year. And it really, um, you know, it, it carried them through from fishery to fishery. You, you know, it, it, it involved a complete swap over of gear, whether it was a different type of net, a different type of trawl gear from scallop to, you know, to, to the ground fish gear. Um, you know, so your lobsterman that may have a boat that's, you know, of size that could lobster all summer, use the December, January shrimp season to carry them over into when they went offshore for lobster in the, in the heart of winter, you know, February, March, to get them through until the the lobster season started again in, in, in June, you know, hopefully. Yeah. So a lot of these fisheries, a lot of these boats, captains and crews, they would do a lot of these different fisheries and, you know, at different times of year. And it really allowed them to uh, to run a, a profitable, consistent business and keep things going year round. And that's important. I think that's important. Yeah, I think that was more common. Very, it's you know, unfortunate. Common and they were, they were, they it's were, become much more rigid. Like either you're yeah. a lobsterman or you're a ground fisherman. Or, I mean, it's really, be, and you hear yeah. a lot of people talk about how it used to be, that yeah. you would go from one to the other. Yeah. Uh, and then the licensing even was much more easy yeah. or non-existent. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Then you have this whole thing about limited access, closed fisheries and open fisheries, which, you yeah. know, we can. There's a lot to talk about. There's the a lot to talk the about that. And but, um, yeah, it's, but it is too bad that it's, it's less of that. It is, and that's why we talk about, you know, the scallops in particular with a little bit of enthusiasm because that is an opportunity that is coming our way, potentially, hopefully, yeah. we're seeing it happen, and that's something that will create opportunity here for our local guys and keep them going yeah. and, and show, give them a shoulder season of something. Because everyone use. agrees that the lobster, you know, we've been in a boom of a lot. I mean, yes. it, unprecedented, yep. unprecedented time in the last 10 years of, of harvest. I mean, everyone talks about yep. it. It's widely known. But I, I'm not sure people recognize how unprecedented it is yeah, in terms really of the amount of really landings. And then the price staying up, yes. which has created yeah, an incredible opportunity. Um, and that, I think everyone recognizes that there has to be what what are we going to do when that stop when that slows down and it's slowing you know i don't know hopefully not but uh, i think there's a lot of feeling that there has to be and that historically that's where you would find the other fisheries you know because everything doesn't you know i've heard it described many times you know everything in the garden doesn't grow all together at once you know sometimes the weeds are high you know we hear that about the dogfish and 
that's part of the challenge of the regulatory system and this, you know how we're how we're managing. But uh, we'll talk about that at another time. One of the other major ones that we're I don't think we're going to talk about is tuna. Is the bluefin tuna? Yeah. But we'll leave that because you know, hopefully we'll get somebody on. Yeah. And we'll and we'll a, talk about big, that. And that one I, I will say too with the, the tuna, it's classified as a highly migratory species and the HMS species. And specifically with that, there's a lot of research that goes on with that. Uh, Based, for example, next door to us here at the uh, Gulf of Maine Research Institute, there's a there's a uh, program where they are run by the state of Maine, the University of Maine system, uh, where they do a lot of research and they they've seen that highly migratory species, that bluefin tuna was thought just traveled up and down the eastern seaboard. They've now discovered through the research and the tagging programs and what they have that some of those fish come to us from Spain. So they travel, oh, yeah. they're Mediterranean oh, yeah. fish that and travel the Caribbean. across oh, yeah. the ocean. Yeah, all over. And it's really fascinating. And, and so that in itself, there's a lot of research, there's a lot of information. Um, and the bluefin tuna is the, you know, it is the show, it's the show horse. It really I mean, is. it's the show. It really I mean, it's, these are the five, six, seven thousand pound fish that are yeah. getting hauled up. I mean, it creates quite a scene. And they're all being landed here in Portland. Most yeah, of them are landed here on our fish fishery. Pier. It's an and, you know, hopefully thing. we'll post some it's, pictures or yeah. something about, uh, yeah. you know, because they're, they're it's exciting. Some... And we're getting into this, you know, the season will begin and, you know, as it gets yep. warmer here and they'll start showing up. But that creates a lot of frenzy. Here in Portland, and that's a commercial yeah. fishery, and, and, and you know I think we should we'll talk yeah, to someone about that, that. That is one. That's also another fishery where there, it's it's highly contested between the recreational side and the, oh, yeah. the commercial side. There's guys that do it that make money, that make a living at it, even though it is a shorter season, and they feel in ways t- being taken from that is the recreational guys are doing it on the weekends just for fun. Who want a trophy? Or, or who want the trophy? Want the picture? Um, and, and just doing it as uh, as a hobby because they they're able to. So that's one that. And there's a lot of segments over. there too. The yeah. harpooning. There's, there's a, they used to do. You know, hear old timers talk about. How they used to go up in planes to spot them and send the harpoon boats on. You'd yeah. see pictures. We, I remember seeing one of our shareholders um, from Pittsburgh. Um, anyways, but in a boat there must have been thirty bluefin on it. Yeah. I mean, incredible. Yeah. Thirty of them. Yeah. It was a harpooning trip. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, we're gonna run out of time, so let's leave it there. Okay. Um, lots more to talk about and uh, hopefully we'll get to it so for today that's that's going to be it